Hello everyone, welcome to episode 26 in the Non-Canon Files series. And this is one of our seasonal anime reviews. We're talking about four of the biggest anime series that are debuting this summer. But before we get into that, I'll be your host today, Patrick. And joining me today are my three summertime co-hosts. Johnny Sinks. The god of anime cult. Uh, the Great Wenzel. And like we said just a moment ago, we're talking about four brand new debut anime series that are uh, hot and heavy for the summer. And we're starting off in a big way with The God of High School. It debuted July 6th. It's currently streaming on Crunchyroll. And this is a, net, uh, excuse me, a Crunchyroll original. It is an adaptation of a Korean webtoon. And it's, it's about a a big martial arts tournament coming into it to Seoul, Korea, aspirating to find the best martial artist of all the high schoolers in Korea. But there seems to be an underlying mysterious organization that's very has a very vested interest in finding out who is the strongest. So to start us off, what did we think of this series? It is kind of silly, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the point. It no, reminds no, me of... Of course, uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's anime. That's the joke. I mean, it's also a webcomic that... Uh, it reminds me of uh, One Punch Man with a silliness in that sense. Not as silly as One Punch Man. But it's still very cool. I uh, The animation, the quality overall, Crunchyroll. I don't know what Crunchyroll has been doing, but they have been releasing high, super high quality anime. I mean, they've only done two so far with uh, Tower of God and now God of High School. But damn, they are very high quality from animation to audio to the intros and the outros. Personally, big fan of the intro and outro for this. It's uh, EDM which I'm not usually the biggest fan of EDM because most of it sounds the same, but this was pretty nice. Yeah, but he's lying. He goes to raves all the time. Yeah, where's my uh, candy at? Yeah, where's uh, where's your drenched in paint? Cole, how many pacifiers do you have hanging from your wall right now? Uh, too many to count, I'll tell you that. The walls are made out of them. Oh, no. That's why he wears a diaper, too. God damn it. Yeah, I can't help it. It's like the scene in Always Sunny with the dancing baby on the TV. I find out later that I'm the dancing baby. Shit. See, this is the thing that y'all don't realize is that we don't usually allow Colt to take Molly because he just loses all bodily faculties, and it's a pain in the ass to clean up. And he dances while doing it, too. It gets everywhere. And uh, I don't always happen to be on Molly when it happens. He just happens to be uh, doing it. Yeah, I'd just be shitting. 100% sober, just fucking pissing, shitting, and coming. A baby gotta do what a baby gotta do, I guess. But only in that order. Uh, God of High School, though, is... um. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to just get away from uh, Colt just uh, re- evacuating himself of all fluids. Uh, talk about the anime, like we're supposed to talk about. Hey, okay, you're guys. egging me on. But yeah, God of High School. It's um, it was uh, man, I like that intro. You're right. I don't, I don't care for EDM either. But man, that that thing was popping off. Um, just a popping off uh, anime in general with that with that opening, um, opening scene, I should say. But anyway, just that like opening, like I, oh man, I, I have no idea what's going on with that giant hand. See, I didn't. <laughs> I thought maybe maybe it was being kind of like metaphorical no he actually smashed that island with his hand yeah i i was a little confused by that and i realized this is some uh 
weird ass god situation, I guess. Yeah, like like in the title, God of High School. <laughs> And, but, like, the thing is, is, like, I don't understand the whole high school thing. Like, what does this guy have? Well, probably the company that does this tournament anyway. But, yeah, the premise is what? Like, um, stupid ass. I don't think we really know yet. Uh, it said, like, what? Some, like, a bunch of kids just fight, like, in martial arts, and then. It seems like Battle Royale, but high school. That sounds bad. But, but also, but no one dies. Yeah, it's yet. just martial arts or just beating the shit out of each other. Still a scary thing to think about. It really is. <laughs> and like also it's just kinda weird. They have um they have those uh, little um devices that like measure like their um HP and their levels. <laughs> like that's reminded me of Yu Gi Oh for some reason. It just Yu Gi Oh stats out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, the thing the thing that weird I thought was weird about that because all these contestants are they're gathered from different high school, they have different disciplines from like physical fighting to weaponry. And they're all kind of put in this arena to fight, and whoever is the last remaining handful, they get to go on to the the tournament, uh, the tournament proper because there's all these like small battle royale preliminaries happening across the country. Because apparently this year the tournament is being held in Seoul, Korea, but each contestant has this little bitty band that's wrapped around their wrist that gives their level. What that means it hasn't been fully disclosed. They have their HP. And I guess there's a third, like, I guess, energy, magic, whatever. But what I thought was weird is that they just sort of nonchalantly said, yeah, uh, we pump all these high schoolers full of nanomachines that monitor their vitals, and that's how we know what their stats are. Yeah, that's uh, the mark of the beast, as some would say. (laughs) Yeah, it's also the mark of the Metal Gear. So get ready for that. Nanomachine, son. Who are our, th- uh, so far, three main characters, Pat? The three main characters, there is Mori, uh, Don, and uh, Mari. Because um, Mori is the is the main character. He's just, um, he, he seems to be a boy living on his own in Korea. And he's very sort of forgetful, but also he's very easygoing. And so he's late for his first day of school. Of course, it is an anime. So he's blazing a trail to town. Like passing by to get so, but he's he has like a special case to get into this uh, tournament. But on his way to the tournament, he notices a a robbery take place. A motorcyclist snatched the purse of an old lady, and in that moment, he decides he's going to chase down this thief. But also, he he's a bit fanciful in his thinking because he just saw this motorcyclist steal this old lady's purse. But he then he imagined this whole scenario like. This this granny needed her money to like pay for her innumerate amount of grandchildren. One's got a brain tumor and she's in debt to the yakuza, so he has to get the money back because <laughs> old granny's not gonna make yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it was so funny because he also started crying. He's like, oh, how sad. Like this completely imaginary scenario that he made up himself. He's like, oh, that, of course that has to be what's happening. So he uh, he's biking pell mell to catch up with this motorcyclist. And it cuts to a different scene with the with the girl character Mari, where she's lost and trying to find a way to the tournament, and she passes by this um, this group of high school martial artists who are excluded from the tournament for not being up to snuff, and they're sort of uh, commiserating over the fact that they didn't get in. 
And then she's like, oh, can you help me find my way to the tournament? And they all sort of like, oh, of course we'll help you, cute girl. And then she starts spawning back because she's like, she just loves their big muscles. And they all flex their geese off and in order to impress her. This is a good bit. It was so good because, like, she was she like, she like started focusing on the guy's heartbeat. And I was like, does she have, like, some kind of special ability? I thought she was going to beat him up. But, no, she was like, I'm such a big fan of your muscles. And then all of them smiled and their clothes just fly off. <laughs> they're like, and they're all tanned, like, bodybuilders, too. And I'm con- I am not convinced those are high schoolers. Those are some no, especially that 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 first one. He's straight up a forty year old man. He was very uh, aged, cragged, cragged face, like just cut out of stone. Yeah, that's uh, that's what martial artists. That's what martial arts do, does to you kids. You hit puberty hella hard and hella early. Man, tough world or tough uh, fuck puberty. That that's hitting them your midlife crisis at like <laughs> seventeen. It's like. It's instead of 13 going on 30, it's like 13 going on 45. And the last character, Don, he, he works part-time at a convenience store. And, he's, and he seems very laissez-faire. Nothing really gets to him. He's just sort of placidly making his way to the tournament. And uh, over the course of the, the next few minutes, these three characters all sort of coalesce together because the because uh, Maury, he chases the motorcyclist through the park, literally runs smack into Mari and just drives his bike into her face. This bitch eats full shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and then he uh then he or she proceeds to beat the shit out of him with her uh sword. Um and he and then he explains to her like this what's happening and she's like oh how sad and then she ends up riding on the back of the bicycle. So uh, both of these cats they're chasing down the the uh, the motorcyclist Steve and literally, she's standing on the back of the bike, like swinging her wooden sword around, and then they're they're like they're just like they're they're closing and gaining this whole time. But then he, the motorcyclist is like, "Oh, you kids, you want to play tough, huh? I'll show you my ten years of motorcycle experience." And he does this really like like close lean to the ground, and then they copy that. But she's using her sword to brace him along the ground at the keep from falling. But her sword is digging into the asphalt as they're. Going at ninety miles per hour down a freeway, and um, he throws out the money because he's like he's just like here, and he throws out the money. So the guy, the uh, Maury stops. The girl jumps off because she's built up momentum, and attempts to take down the guy with her special one of her special samurai moves or sword moves, and uh, she eats shit again. She hits a metal sign. And, it uh, caught me off guard, and I was giggling like a little baby. It was pretty funny. It was so good. I mean, it's, it's, it's not that she hits a sign. Like, she face plants into, like, a highway sign, or, like, her face indentating through the sign. It looked like a, uh, a Dolly scream. Is that Dolly? Salvador Dolly? He did the... Oh, oh! oh. Um, no, that's that wasn't Salvador Dolly. That was um, Munch. Edward Munch. Okay, Edward Munch's scream. It reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. And um, but also while this is happening, there's a guy rapping while he's uh walking through the streets, and um he caught he catches up with this old lady, and as he's talking to this old lady, he's rapping too. And there's just people in the comments saying, "Are you gonna help the lady or what?" And then um the guy Don. He's on his way. Which I'm pretty sure it was making fun of uh, American YouTubers. Oh, for sure. Just doing a little uh, jab at them. Because they're a bunch of pieces of shits. But anyway, Don is walking uh, to the tournament from work, and he catches this, and he's just like, he's just like, huh, 
and then keeps walking. And then fast forward to her more Mari eating shit, Mori trying to catch the money. This motorcyclist is just like, <laughs> and then uh, Don just punches the shit out of him. One punch explodes, sends him flying right into a truck. And that's how they all meet. I gotta say, uh, fuck, what's the guy's name that punches again? Don. Don. He reminds me of Chad from Bleach. He's giving me those big arm vibes, and I'm kind of hoping he is a Chad, because Chad was one of my sleeper faves from Bleach. I've never seen it, but nice. (sighs) He's got big, beautiful arms. I bet. Big, big arms. And so that's the first half of the story. What's up? Which I did think the the eye catch for the episode was pretty neat is that it has all three characters bike lane together to the stadium, but it's done in this like pixelated 16-bit style, which I thought was neat and a little unexpected considering the show. Yeah. <laughs> so um, everybody arrives at the uh, at the auditorium. Everybody's getting ready because they're all participants, and they just sort of introduce each other, and they all get along pretty well right off from the mm-hmm. from the start they all introduce your names like i'm don i'm mari i'm mori and then like literally the boys fist bump and the girl is like yeah okay i'm here to play too and so uh we have an announcer he ushers everyone in all, all the all the uh participants and you see all the little people that we met along the way like you see the the youtube rapper we see the uh the karate boys they're here to support mari and then everybody else because literally when mari comes out all the boys are or like shirtless from one scene to the next. Like, yeah, she's we're here for her muscles. Show your muscles, boy, and support. And we also get little, little sneak peeks of all the other, like, obviously big characters we have, like this MMA kid. We have, like, this um, kung fu guy. We have, like, wrestler girl. We have um dude reading a book, but obviously he's so good he can read a book and kick ass at the obviously, same time. Obviously, Jesus. <laughs> He just beating their ass with a steel baseball with a bat. With a baseball bat, smacking. reading a fucking book. Like, okay, we haven't met him yet, but I can tell he already pisses me off. <laughs> oh, he's going to be the Cody type, and I want to hurt him. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you, like he just looks like you want to dunk his head in the toilet, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. What a nerd. He can whoop ass, but he can read a book at the same time. He's too good to pay attention to you as he's kicking your ass. God. And what I love about this show is it's just fucking no bullshit. We're getting in the fight. We're already starting the tournament arc for this shit. Pretty much. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. The whole series is a tournament arc. I, I, I know. And that, those are usually the best arcs in all these shonen. So I'm like, thank God we're skipping all the fucking bullshit. It's just pure shonen distillation. I mean, really, like, literally the first episode, they get right into it. Because, like, like Pat said, they, they kind of introduce, or you kind of see, like, uh, a few w- important characters. Fuck, there's a there's another guy who looks like Mori just with purple hair and uh and the eyes aren't um his eyes aren't like st- little star s- little anime stars. Yeah, which those look cool. I like his eyes. Um, you know, and something else I forgot to mention too, dude. Uh, both of them remind me of um Ty from a uh, Digimon. Yeah, because uh, Mori has um like big crazy hair, but he also had like these. It looks like if. There were sunglasses mixed with a sleep mask. Yeah. Because because I ha- he has these green goggle-like things on his head, but they're kind of textured like 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 maybe an oven mitt would be. Like this sort of pleated sort of material. There's just these weird face ornaments he has because he's the main character. Uh, the announcer says, hey, this is a battle royal. Y'all just whoop ass until we decide there's enough of you whittled down that we can move on to the next portion of the thing. So you see everybody get the little turn to kick ass. You see Maury just like 
roughing everybody up. You see Don just throw one punch in the shockwave, sends everybody flying. Mari swings her sword around, and everybody gets the anime cut like a second later, and you see all the other extra people do their thing. MMA guy does an arm bar. Uh, nerd guy is just reading his little book and sm- smacking people around. Um, wrestler girl does a sweet neck breaker on a guy. Oh my god! So they're all they're all being knocking they're all knocking down folks one by one. But then there's a little bit of a swerve, and that this like um, shadowy council and the skybox is watching because apparently they're the ones that have the best interest in finding the strongest martial artist amongst this crowd of high schoolers. And even though they say they'll dole out a single wish to whoever the, the winner of the tournament is, it does seem like there, there's going to be some kind of shady catch for the whole organization. But anyway, one of one of the person there uh, calls in someone over the phone, and they bring in a late entry into the tournament. This uh, punk from a reformatory school shows up in the middle of the fight with his arms bound and a, and a coat on his shoulders and he just proceeds to whip ass with no arms at all he, he just goes straight full modder on them and just like bam 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 just whooping whooping all sorts of ass. i mean if he's good at kicking you know i mean there's all you know there's fighting styles out there that like f- solely focus on kicking so it make you know i guess it makes sense with what's going on but yeah he starts kicking ass um also one of the one of the shady guys up there uh, he's a blonde guy. He uh, he apparently fought our uh, main guy, Mori, and um, almost beat him. And this is kind of a way for Mori also to have a rematch with him, which is interesting. Um, and then uh, the girl with uh, Mari with the with his wooden sword attempts to fight this uh, psycho because it looks like it looks like he's wearing a straight da- jacket, and um, she attempts to fight him, uh, hits him once with the sword, and then or. Or I I can't remember exactly what happens. He gra- he grabs her sword with his foot, of course, and um hits her wa- hits him once and then hits him again and you know it doesn't work anime style. He um he doesn't actually move his head because she kicks him in the head and it looks like she got him but you know she didn't. And then Mori uh, steps in and um he gets kicked really hard while attempting to get back the s- oh fuck Mori pulls down the guy's pants. <laughs> Yeah. I was about to say you're burying the lead there because uh, the the uh, the link what he was being creepy and trying to look at Mari's skirt and then um, it cuts to Mori yanking down his pants to sort of get back at him and you see he's like he's like these he's like oh you probably look cuter and um in briefs he has like all this like this animal print he has like a fucking elephant on the front side of his underwear. Cause it, cause it means his cock is big. <laughs> and then he pulls yeah, back up dude, his pants. Yeah, dude, totally just talking about his cock. He pulls up back his pants. He's like, his pants are heavy. <laughs> because this fucker is, is walking around kicking ass with weighted Rock Lee pants. And apparently weighted Rock Lee cock. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, he just drops his dick and boom, just juices around the room. <laughs> and then somebody just smashes it and they're like looking for this. Oh, God. But, but um, so then he he pulls his pants back up for him. Um, and then he, uh, kicks Mori, but in that instant anime style, he's able to elbow his foot and he leaves like a huge, like bruise. I don't know if he broke it or something, but, uh, in this moment too, Mori gets like thrown into the wall, huge explosion. And, uh, he's just like, (laughs) I guess if you're going out all out, I'll go all out too. And then they both jump up in the air and about to clash. And that's where the episode ends. Something I should say though, um, 
oh man, that one guy that was fighting, I think he uh, he was like wearing um, not a gown, but like a, a very specific um, type of martial arts, like uh, gi. Uh, I I I don't I don't know if that's what it's called. I, I'm not sure. Um, it looks like he was doing tai chi. I don't I don't know. Oh, like the, like the, the the Chinese martial arts guy with the, like the glasses and the the kung the kung fu guy. You guys have just said all these different stuff. Uh, the guy that was blue, the dr- the guy that was dressed in blue, he looked like he was doing yeah. Yeah, yeah. He looked like he was doing chai tai chi. I don't know. That looked cool. Also, wrestler girl. Come on, man. <laughs> like that was <laughs> that that was a fucking sick net breaker. I was like, hell yeah. I don't know who she is, but I'm on board. It was it was awesome. But, like, oh, my God, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I'm saying. Like, you know, fan service is going to be fan service, but I just thought, I just think this whole thing is silly. I think it's badass. Oh, no, it is. (laughs) I am super excited to uh, continue watching this. That whole uh, end tournament, like, intro to all these characters, like, uh, animation quality right there, holy shit. This is, like, uh, top tier. Like, when you think of some of the best fight scenes... This animation quality is up there with those. Yeah, it, I like when the episode was over. I was like, "Fuck, that's it!" Uh, you know, just I was really into it. However, if I'm gonna pull out some nitpicky bullshit, their faces are fucking weird. They they look like they got fuck. They got fucking stuffy nose. They all got red nose. And, and Pat pointed out. All these bitches have fucking cauliflower ear. Yeah, um, because like when we when I fir- I first noticed it when we were introduced to Don, like he's working at the uh, convenience store. Because what it is is like the top fold of their ears are, are very pronounced, and the way they're drawn, I thought, okay, he's a fighter. He probably is taking some licks on the head, so he's his ears are a little puffy because he's he's just that serious a fighter. No, literally every single person in, in this anime, the tops of their ears are just really pronounced with the way they're drawn. It's it's the quirk of the show, but it looks it look, makes everybody look like they have cauliflower ear. And, and everyone's ear is like three times too big for their head. And and like once Pat pointed it out, I couldn't fucking unsee it. It doesn't look that bad to me personally. I, I had to I Google because I didn't it's notice It's not a bad thing. It's just a noticeable thing. I mean, me, I don't really think it looks bad either. It's just, I, I would have to agree. It does look like they all have stuffy nose. I, I thought at first... um. Uh, Maury, I was thinking it was tans. Uh, I thought at first Mori and um, the guy, the guy at the very beginning, the mysterious god-like figure. I thought they like they would be related somehow because they both had stuffy nose looking. But then everybody has that, so I'm like, well, shit, never mind. <laughs> um, and then we also see uh, his well, could be his father too, but we only see his grandfather. Um, so I mean, of course, this doesn't detract from the show. It's just, oh no, it, it, it's just, it's just a noticeable quirk of the animation that really stood out to us. Cause, I, cause I, because it, I enjoyed the series, but I know for a fact there's gonna be a lot of people shitting on it because, like, ooh, it's Tumblr style anime characters. I'm just like, ugh, what a what a bunch of crap. What style? Tumblr style. Cause for those who don't know, the, in the like. The early to mid two thousands on to me twenty tens on Tumblr, there is this proliferation of this drawing court where characters would draw their human characters with like an accented red nose, just sort of as like a little quirk or a little cutesy thing, and it was it became very popular on Tumblr and it kind of spread from there to the point where people started making fun of it, how like ubiquitous it was and a lot of people's art. 
so that's why you see if you see like an anime style you know character and it has like this like pr- prominent red nose a lot of people call it tumblr style because that was a very popular thing that people did on tumblr when they share their art but of course that's just that's just like a, a popular thing it's not not necessarily bad, but a lot of people saw it so often that they began to take issue with it. Wow. Kind of like when people talked about how, like, uh, every cartoon on Cartoon Network looks uh, looks like uh, Cal Arts. <laughs> yeah, which is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's one of those things, like, it when there's a trend in, in, like, an art style, people get pissy about it because it looks, you know, very similar. But a lot of times they don't point out the stuff that, that looks similar and the things that they like because... Yeah. There's been the whole art debate going on on Twitter in the last several days about sort of how similar adult animation looks and how like they, they'll point out stuff from children's and children's animation, but not from adult animation. And it's a whole wormhole that nobody needs to get into right now. It's a disc. It's tiring, man. I I just don't see it, why you'd want to do that. Hey, let's go. Let's go. And what about some painting discourse? Am I right, boys? Why why is everybody doing planar shape uh, style planning? Am I right? Also, why was Michelangelo so stinky? Ew. Uh, well, I'll tell you why he didn't bathe. His art was good, but he was a stinky man that didn't bathe. Apparently, not many people did back then because it was of the devil. I say. Art needs to be more stinky. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like that either. Replace the oil and oil paint with this oil from people's unwashed hair. What the fuck? You know, I don't stop. (laughs) You know, know, oil oil paint causes uh, causes cancer. You know, I'm kind of fine with that. (laughs) Instead of uh, germ, uh, bodily fluids. I have an option. It's called just not using it. Well, <laughs> you don't... If I had the option of cancer or using someone's hair oils to paint, I would not. Then guess who's not painting? I, I should say, too, that's kind of a that's kind of a exaggeration by me. Unless you're drinking uh, tubes of oil paint, you don't have to worry. But I drink tubes of oil paint every day. Oh, no! <laughs> it's always the person that gives advice that can't take it. All right, so, uh, got a high school. What are we saying for this now? Are we recommending this one? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yes. For sure. Watch it. Watch it. Very recommended. All right, going on to our next series, we have The Great Pretender. This debuted uh, July 9th. It's currently streaming on Japanese Netflix. And it's about a small-time con man who has big aspirations. But unfortunately, his dreams get a little too big because he ends up getting himself into a whole lot of trouble with even bigger con artists. Now, Jonathan and I, we weren't able to catch this one. So we'll lean on Colt and Wenzel to talk about this. So... Uh, we'll turn this over to you. What did y'all think of The Great Pretender? It kicks so much ass. It is stylized. It is beautiful. It's it's perfection, baby. Just from the first episode, oh my god. Uh, it, it, I'm so excited for this. I'm going to let Wenzel. It, uh, yeah, no, I agree with Cole. It, uh, it, <laughs> it's very stylized. Um it it goes to uh it goes to a nice um man i don't know i love the, i love the music in it uh the sound oh, man it's jazzy it it's gives me jazzy. uh uh fuck what is it called cowboy bebop Come, bebop bobs Obvious, vibes obviously obviously and then also uh we said this before and i'll say it again uh lupin lupin vibes till the end yeah. oh hell yes which i've never seen lupin but i'm assuming lupin has thieves in it yeah and it's kind of like that spoiler lupin is a thief <laughs> okay i mean i've never seen it i just know that there's one 
Lupin film that has amazing animation where a guy gets his arm cut off. Which that that's funny because like that is like so different from uh, the rest of it. Like that's just that's just one of the characters. Um, and and Lupin all around is just a criminal. You know, hate him. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. You wanna you wanna explain the story of this one, Cold? Or uh, yeah, uh, sure, I can. I don't remember the characters' names because I am dog shit with names in fiction and in real life. Cole, what's my name? Uh, I only know my close friends' names, and it takes about thirty times of me seeing them in person to get it. Because we haven't seen each other in five months, uh, Colt's memory is just eroded. I think we're p- talking to Tanner and Cody. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah, T is close to C. But uh, the main character is uh, is a man. Fuck, I forgot I his name too. <laughs> I don't know his name. <laughs> but he's a con man. His whole thing is playing cons. Uh, it starts out with uh, him. Uh, oh, shit. It starts out with an old man saying, hey, I could sell you a filter. It's uh, mandated by the government. You have to buy this filter. And the old woman's like, I shouldn't believe this because I have a poster on my fridge that says con men in the area do not believe uh, uh, water uh, filter quality people con men. Do not listen to them. And so she calls up the people on the flyer, which was our con man. And uh, what she didn't know is the first guy and this guy were working together. She calls him up and he's like, oh, man, your water levels are fine. It's just uh, they're safe to drink. Uh, but it would be even safer for, say, your grandchild to drink with this uh, 99 or uh, equivalent to U.S. money, $99 uh, water filter. And that's how they uh, get their first con done. They uh, trick this old lady into buying this water filter. Yeah. Uh, the character's name, I just looked it up. His name is Makoto. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, these two these two guys are in a little con together. You know, of course, it makes sense creepy old guy then you bring in the young handsome guy which one's more um pleasing i guess and then yeah and then there's also a neat little thing too where he uh makoto buys like little miniature um uh historical japanese figures because he uh he got one from um oh man what are they called like gotcha machines gotcha machines the one that he gets is hideyoshi that he takes it as a sign that he's gonna rule over Japan, and uh, I was telling Colt recipes Hideyoshi because, uh, I mean, this isn't this isn't a spoiler or anything. I'm just saying, like, because I, he's dead, obviously. He's a real person. He's a real person. He was a real person. But in Neo, spoilers for history. Spoilers for Neo Two, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, fun game, by the way. But anyway, so. He gets that, and um, so they're chilling in their uh, apartment or whatever, and then the cops show up, and he's like, oh, fuck, we need a, we need a skedaddle. So, well, well you, you skipped a very important part. Oh, oh, uh, my bad, my bad. Uh, yeah, so um, they're, uh, they're doing their uh, – there's a man. He's obviously not from Japan because he's blonde, uh, he's white, and he's um, enjoying a meal at a stand, and then uh, Makoto walks by. Uh, the old man is also sitting at this stand, and uh, he picks up a wallet, and he's like, hey, is this uh, is this your wallet? And um, opens it up, and he's like, a ton of money in there, and it's like, holy shit. Like, he's like, uh, it's like, what? the guy's like, I don't know, is, is this my wallet? I don't know. So um, the uh, the old man is like, does he say it's his wallet? Or he tries to take it. Yeah, the, the old man's trying to, like, say, that's my wallet, it's not his, trying to uh, prove that he's not part of the scam, I guess, or to... And to uh, scare the 
person they're trying to con into actually getting the wallet. Yeah. And then Makoto's like, I'm going to take it to the police station, get a, uh, he's like, uh, finder's fee or whatever, some shit. And then, uh, the guy is like, he's like, that is my wallet. Um, does he say it in English or? Yeah. The whole time he's speaking in English, English yeah, both of them, Makoto and this, uh, American guy is, uh, speaking, they're both speaking in English. English because Makoto knows English very well. And so he gives him a ton of cash, uh, for the wallet. So he gets the wallet. Uh, he gives him a hug, and then he leaves. And then they're like, ha ha, we just scammed this dumbass American out of his stupid-ass wallet. What a dumbass bitch. Fuck him. So they they say all of that. <laughs> Makoto says it Pretty in much. English. He's not lying. <laughs> Makoto says it in English. Uh, and so they go to the apartment, and they're like, they're like, man, look at all, look at all my little figures. We got all this fucking money. And then he opens the wallet, and he's like, uh, and then turns out... Uh, he has the dud wallet because he pulls out a bunch of uh, newspaper clippings, essentially. They cut out a bunch of newspaper and made it look like money, and that's how they put it in the wallet. That's supposed to be their scam, and uh, the scammed got scammed. And that's when the uh, police show up at their uh, door, and uh, that's when they start to freak out, and Makoto runs through the alleys by himself to escape capture. And uh, when he's on his way to uh, run away, he gets into a cab... What he doesn't know, he gets in the same cab that the American man's in, the exact same blonde American. And uh, he's like, how did you do that? How'd you scam me? Give me my money back. Because he was like wondering how he, a, a master scammer, got scammed by a stupid American. A stupid, dumbass American bitch. How'd he do that, you know? Doesn't get his money back, by the way. So, But instead, he gives him candy. Yeah, he just gives him some nice candy that does not come into play at all in the future. Yeah, which... I do want that candy, because that candy looked awesome. Um, yeah, it's probably just, like, some strawberry hard candy. Probably. That's probably just what it is. I'll still take it. <laughs> I like I like gimmicks. So, yeah, uh, the guy's like, oh, I'm going to the airport. I'm going back to L.A. And uh, he's like, all right. And Makoto's like, I guess I should leave, too, skip town. So they end up getting to the airport, and um, he gets there, and they, they essentially uh, – well, they don't essentially, but they pretty much part ways, sort of. Well, no, they don't part ways because Makoto was like, uh, you pay me back or uh, I will stay with you for as long as I need to. Well, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to say that this guy isn't, quote, important, unquote, but never mind. Uh, anyway, so uh, he bumps into the, this random couple in the airport. They're trying to go to L.A. as well. He has he drops or he is able to sneak some stuff into the guy's like baggage or whatever. And then he gets he gets up there and he's like, "One ticket to L.A. tonight, today." <laughs> and uh, the woman's like, "Ah, oh, sorry, all booked up. You're gonna have to be you're in the way." He's like, "Nah, I think there I think are gonna be opening." So this couple goes into through security, and um, the stuff that he dropped in the guy's bag was. Uh, a ski mask, a knife, and some other uh, paraphernalia and uh, criminal stuff. Criminal stuff, scary, spooky stuff. So can't go to L.A. Gets on a ride to L.A. Gets there, um, get off the plane, goes with this uh, this American to his car, and the American's like, "All right, see a peace out." But Makoto's like, "Uh, uh-uh, we're going. We're going. I'm gonna stay with you, f- whatever. How long?" So that's what happens. So I think um, they get into sort of a, a fight in. Um, the car because the uh, American makes fun of his accent. Um, Keep in mind they're speaking English, both of them. Uh, 
they're even speaking English and Japanese accents, and the American guy is speaking with an American accent. It's a pretty good bit. And then suddenly, during their argument, they're like, did he? Warning, we are switching to purely Japanese from here on. Because I just guessed the voice actors were like, we got to we gotta get back to Japanese. This is, uh, this is tiring. not going to hit well. It's tiring. <laughs> so I thought it was a fucking, it was a really good bit. It was bit. a really good bit. And um, so the guy's like, all right, if you're going to, if you're going to do this, if you're going to stick with me, because they make a deal where like, they're going to try to sell some, some of that candy, right? They're going to sell that candy uh and some other Japanese goods for like exor- you know exorbitant prices, you know. I think it was five hundred million yen or something like that. It was a high amount. It was like six hundred million yen. So it was like I don't know how much that is in American dollars. It's a lot in American dollars if you don't know. Uh, unless somebody can correct me, listening out there. Um, so he's like, they make a deal where if Makoto can sell more, then this guy gets to be his assistant. But if Makoto uh, can't, and this guy sells more, then he has to be this guy's assistant. So they're like, all right, uh, this guy is like, we got to make you look the part. So they go to Macy's, uh, <laughs> and act- the actual yeah, store Macy's. Yeah, actual brands in this. Except for In-N-Out. For, uh, for some reason, when they showed In-N-Out, it was In-Z-Out. Uh, had- well, I should say not brands, because Macy's was actually Mosey's, like M O C Y. I thought it, I thought it looked like Macy's. I, I could be wrong. But still, it's it's another good bit on their part. They're doing some funnies throughout this whole show. It's funny to me. Um, so they get him in a suit, and the guy's like, "Ah, you look like a nerd," because they get him some glasses and stuff. And that's where we finally get to introduce this guy. His name is uh, Laurent. He's French, apparently. They go to do their con. It's at this big mansion. Uh, some gang members come up. Uh, this Laurent guy starts speaking Spanish uh, and French. They just started smashing every language they could into the show. Yep, it's a very good bit. And uh, one of the guys that he's doing, or they're doing this, essentially this deal with, is actually a guy that was in their car argument. He was some uh, criminal mafia boss producer in Hollywood who um, who helps like produce films, I think. Um, so, yeah, he even talks about how this grip's garbage. DiCaprio would never accept this. Yeah, and they actually name drop DiCaprio. Don't say you know Leonardo, of course. So they're like, we have this, uh, we have this raw material drug. It's like this. Uh, I, I, I guess it could be cocaine. It could be something. It's a drug. It's in a little baggie. And the guy's like, hey, um, get uh, Abby, go get some champagne and come up here. So she gets some champagne and she, and they show him this drug and they're like, hey, Abby do this drug and uh you know it's the raw stuff so he's like no nah, you can't do it so he brings out he brings out that candy and he's like here you go so he gives her some of the candy and she goes batshit fucking crazy like she starts swinging she starts jumping over chairs smashing everything and does a giant somersault into the water and then she just like does a sigh of relief and ev- like uh the mobster man is just saying i'm in let's do it i want this uh drug which uh, we learn in that moment when she starts freaking out, she's obviously in on the scam because it's just candy that she was given. I was I was also kind of convinced too because the guy that was talking about this girl, he was like, "Yeah, she's fucking stupid." <laughs> like literally said, he was like, "She's dumb. She she'll probably we'll probably get more out of her uh, in uh, dancing and sing singing and dancing or whatever." And um, in this moment, too, uh, he's like, let's have the doctor test it out, too. So he shoves a whole-ass piece of candy in his mouth, doesn't even chew it. He swallows it, 
Don't know how he swallowed it because it's it's for a hard candy. It's pretty big, and um, but when he does when he has his hand over his mouth, he notices something. He notices that this guy has a watch that is similar to the watch that the old man had back in Japan, and the old woman that they conned had the same watch, and that's when he realizes this is a fucking con too. This whole thing from like him selling the water filter to this old lady. All part of this big scam that the American was pulling on him. Because uh, there's a scene where the old lady just walks out of the house and then another old lady walks into the house. She says, ah, oh, it feels so good to be back in her own home. And then she's like, and then she's like, what? Where'd this filter come from? And then the old man is at dinner with the cops and he's like, good job playing cops, boys. And it is just, it is, it is it was gold but in that moment when he realizes this he runs away of course and they just make it as an excuse of oh this you know if you swallow the whole bit then the drug makes you go even crazier so he's able uh he runs out of that mansion and uh, he makes it to an alleyway and he uh of course Laron is able to track him down because he he gave him a pen that's actually a transmitter so it tracks him and um he, he's like he's like oh i'm you know what's going on what you know what is this you know get away from me i know uh karate so he he attempts to um to fight him and then uh we see abby and she uh she just kicks him straight in the fucking face looks like it hurts and she's like no mercy <laughs> that's what she says she also speaks english yep. in that moment and um that was like apparently it was a crane stance uh fighting move and then um we uh we cut to later uh He's upside down, hanging from the Hollywood sign. His legs are tied, of course. And that's actually how the beginning of the of the episode opens up, with him hanging from the Hollywood sign, screaming for help. And, um, uh, of course, Laron and Abby are there, and they're like, he's like, what are you guys? And, like, we're con artists. And that's how the episode ends. And then it ends on a beautiful outro. Woo! Also, the intro was beautiful. Both of the parts of it. Oh, my goodness. I like this. I like it more than God of High School. Uh, for sure, it was amazing. It was. I think it was amazing. You should watch this. You really should. For sure. We didn't really give it the best explanation, but what we did give you, I mean, we. I feel like we were. I feel like it was good. We were, we went through the entire uh, thing. I I don't know. Um, something else. I just you, you, you gave us the Colt and Wendell experience because the whole time I'm trying, I'm imagining what I know of the show, what I've seen through clips and trailers. And then um, part way that just cuts into y'all reenacting the story, but it's all like crayon drawings. But but I imagine the whole story um, at the same time. Uh, also, it was funny too because like um, Colt was like <laughs> Colt sending a message saying there's uh, there's a woman in here that Wins will go batshit crazy over, and I'm like, all right, whatever, I won't. And then uh, that woman pops up, and I'm like, holy shit, he's right, and it's Abby. Because uh, <laughs> her, her introduction is really good, but it's also kind of weird. Her name's Abby. Uh, it's weird for me, anyway. Yeah, you guys know. <laughs> Just from what y'all said and what, what I've seen, I think this will be a very strong contender. And but I will say, I I do love what I've been able to see. There's a lot of there's a lot of great gentleman thief vibes. I love the jazz music, and like there's obviously it's it's kind of hard to talk about a gentleman thief anime without. Throwing some nod to Lupin the Third was sort of like the progenitor of the genre in anime, at least popularly. And like I, I did get to see the intro, and that has heavy Lupin vibe because you have that character is like 
running around and they're drawing this very like elongated lanky style which is known for Lupin the third but I'm absolutely going to watch this um the best way you know whenever the best way is I'll be able to check it out but this is high on my list for summer anime give it a watch and moving right along to our next series we have Japan Saint 2020 that debuted July 9th on it's currently streaming on American and Japanese Netflix and it and it focuses on a family trying to survive and when Japan is hit by a devastatingly massive earthquake and dealing with the fallout of widespread disaster and uh, I made the mistake of watching this first thing in the morning and that's a lot of uh, drama and feelings that hit yeah, you at you, you made a big morning. mistake, but it is there, very Pat. good. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like you should have known what you're getting into if you don't know. It's a Masaki Yuasa anime, and uh, if you don't know Masaki Yuasa, he is known for attacking you with a baseball bat, in two, <laughs> which not physically but emotionally, emotionally. <laughs> and uh, he does not necessarily hold back. He holds back a little bit compared to say Devilman, but he still beats you with a baseball. Pretty bat. much, he like like you're you're just walking, and you just had a good day, right? You just went shopping or something, and then you come behind you come uh, in front of an alley, and you're like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of a dark alley. And then as soon as you walk in front of it, he just comes out and hits you in. I I don't want to say the angle. He pretty much hits you in the leg with a baseball bat. Uh, he cakes your wallet out of your pocket. He doesn't take the money. He just takes the money out of the wallet and sprinkles it on you. And he says, have a good day. Spits on you and walks away. Exactly. And he gives you a kiss. Yeah. He has a very unique way of storytelling that I absolutely love. And uh, let me tell you, it doesn't really change uh, with the quality either. Because uh, if you like Devil Man Cry Baby, I feel like you'll like this. When I first heard of the series, I was a little caught off guard because my preconceived notion of a series called Japan Saints kind of is a little bit different because there was a movie that came out several years ago called, uh, also called Japan Saint, but it was more of like a dark comedy about just the hilarious cataclysm of Japan crumbling into the sea. And I was like, is there making an anime about that movie? But no, it's it's a very grounded take on extreme natural disaster and an urban setting and they even explicitly mentioned how in the series this is worse than the tohoku uh earthquake from 2011 the earthquake so strong that it affected the length of the day because it kind of shows the perspective of the four family members the mother the father the sister and the brother and the various aspects of their life whether at home or in the work or at school and sort of dealing with the sort of foreshocks that come from the earthquake. Be like, oh, well, this is Japan. We're kind of used to earthquakes. So they sort of just, you know, go through the shaking and wash it off. And then all of a sudden they're hit with the next quake, which just completely levels Japan. And it really is sort of intense how quickly it shifts because that's how quickly natural disasters can happen. And you're sort of just thrown like face first into the disaster because the, uh, the daughter she's at school or she's rather she's at track practice and then the earthquake hits while she's in her locker room and you just see pretty much all of her classmates get crushed and killed by debris from the earthquake. And there's one survivor. There's a girl that's trapped under some rubble, but 
the the main character girl, she's just so panicked and exasperated from from the scene. She just abandons her, which comes into play later. You see the brother; he's at home by himself, and literally he's playing his PSP Vita while under a table. And it's like, yeah, whatever. And all of a sudden, the house turns upside down. Like he literally gets banged in the back of a head with a chair, and you see this little boy like covered in blood laying in a pool of his own blood, which is very intense. The mother is coming back from work on a jet, and then there's, like, volcanoes erupting in the sea, and they have, like, emergency landing, which is... And the father, he's working as the construction crew for the Japanese 2020 Olympics, and then he's on the scaffolding when the earthquake hits. So it's, like, all these perilous and mundane scenarios made even more frightening by just... Enormous I should disaster. say too with uh, with the kid as well. When he got hit in the, with the chair, he was um he was trying to get up while uh by using his uh, their center table, and uh, the chair pushes his his head or his his specifically his eyes into the tape the side of the table, and it's like oh my god, this kid just got his head bashed in. It's but no, he was still alive. Thank thankfully. Um, something I should say too, and I could be I could be off, but I feel like this uh this might be kind of based on an actual um there was a a few years ago i think this was after i uh after, after i came back from okinawa is um there was a scientific study uh done that predicts that if you don't know japan literally sits inside something called the um the ring of fire and what that means is that there's a bunch of it's surrounded by volcanoes and that's why Japan is uh, is not used to, but essentially has uh, dealt with a lot of earthquakes and tsunamis is because of those uh, those volcanoes. But the thing is, is that there's so many concentrated in in an area, and that not all of them are have essentially um, erupted or have like or could erupt again. And um, there there was a prediction that within the next thousand years, that eventually all like they will erupt, and that ninety percent of Japan will just be gone. It will just be completely uninhabitable. Uh, within within from with from when when it was uh when it was discovered, and until until the next thousand years, this could happen. And that's what's kind of scary about this is that what you're seeing, like even though it's animated, it it like this is an actual event that could happen, like. Like it's not supernatural at all. Not, this show, not I'll say that it is not supernatural. No, it's literally it's just natural disaster. And like the fact, I mean the 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 name of the show is called Japan Sink. So you have to imagine it's going to be literally entirety of Japan most likely being destroyed, and that this can really happen. Like this is this is predicted to happen like well beyond our lifetime, but could happen in our lifetime if humans are still alive within the next thousand years. That's what makes this really, really bleak. Yeah, but uh, one thing I really like about the show is unlike a lot of disaster movies and sort of post-apocalypses, at least for the first episode, the way the episode ends, that might not be the case for the rest of the series, but it was a little more upbeat and hopeful in some areas, especially as the family starts coming together in this very wholesome reunion. Because I I was kind of, I was sort of, expecting that this lawn drawing out things like oh no the family is separated they're gonna it's gonna be the whole series and then get back together but they all reunite at the end in a very like tender moment but of course because we got this sort of big relief so early on i'm afraid what happens next especially how the episode ends because the bodies just start fucking raining down and it's like well fuck because literally bodies just like 
bodies hit the floor, bodies hit the floor, because a, a helicopter crashes, and it, it, it speculated the people that fell through the trees and fell to the ground, they fell out of that fallen helicopter. I feel like this, in a way, this series is probably a sort of working through the emotions that came with the, the 2011 earthquake. Yeah. Because there's one scene in the show that really clicked with me because I remember watching it in the documentary. That it was just for a moment, but there's like a, a mile-long line of people waiting to use the one working payphone, and that was a very real thing I remember seeing is that even in the midst of disaster, there's still a lot of order just from like how Japanese culture is sort of maintained like civility and sort of working together even in the midst of disaster because that happened in real life. There's like footage of people being patient and civil waiting to use the meager resources they have or waiting their turn and and like in the in the threat of this enormous disaster, which of course would not happen here. Oh God, no! But, I mean, COVID nineteen has proven that I time mean, and it, time again. If it was the other way around, people would probably end up breaking that payphone in America because they, they they couldn't use it, so that no one else gets to. But we're not getting into like the good and bad behaviors of other countries and our countries in the midst of national crisis because there's plenty of that right now. But I thought that was a very poignant moment just in, in the background even just to show like even the midst of like horror and uncertainty, people can come together and people can show that we can unify. Yeah, because one of the things early on I was worried about was the show is going to sort of just revel in the misery of it all. And it doesn't shy away from it at all. It doesn't pull any punches, but it, it's not misery porn in any sense of the word. Now, like I said, later on in the series, that could easily fucking change. Because, like, like I said, I, even though this reunion at the end is very wholesome, it's very um, <laughs> traumatic with when bodies are literally falling out. I should sea, say, like, too, also, it sky. wasn't entirely unified because uh, when the girl, when the high school track girl makes it to the first camp, essentially... Uh, literally a, one can falls and then you just see a bunch of people just scramble for it saying, hey, that's mine. No, that's given And just clearly push this girl out of the way. Uh, then later, the mother who, uh, who was trying to get out of her plane, a bunch of people were just, uh, you know, fighting to essentially get out of the plane. Uh, she jumps in the water to save a little boy. Yeah, can we, and, can um, we just, she, uh, just say the fucking mom's a badass? Oh, yeah. yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> because, like, you know, they're trying to get everybody on the little life raft to get people to safety, and she's like, nah, fuck that shit, jumps in the fucking water, is going to swim to her own safety, and then fu there's a, this fucking kid that's drowning, and she's like, well, I'm saving this fucking kid. And, uh, and those, oh, sorry, well, I was going to say, she makes it onto land, and, um, she asked to use this one woman's phone, and the woman, the woman just a total bit. She's just like, "No, are you kidding me?" Like, wow, okay, um, it, man, like, and and like, it's just, I don't know, kind of harrowing still. Because I, I will say, it, it, they they show both sides. They they show people can come together, but also shows like, in desperate moments, people's desperate actions come forward to the surface. Like, once the trap and society to go away, you see sort of the more, like, base instincts sort of prevail over civility. Just just need to survive becomes that pressing. 
but going back to the mother for a second, I want to say I remember reading that the mother is supposed to be Filipino. Yes, she is, but it's not really revealed until a later episode. Oh. Okay, so that might be a later spoiler, how much that comes into play. I just thought that was neat because there's a Filipino artist I follow online, and they were very excited to see that representation in the show. Hey. But I'm I'm very interested to see where this series goes, even though I was my, my eyes were wet <laughs> at the end of the episode. Yeah. I was still very much like, okay, I know I'm going to get run through the ringer but like i'm ready to see where this goes yeah same here it was uh i i'm sorry i sorry go ahead <laughs> I, I was i was just gonna say because I, I i decided because we were very not busy at work today i was like you know what fuck it i'll watch these episodes at work and i was like fuck i'm not ready to feel these feelings right here can you stop mr yuasa please i'm not ready for this no he's got that bat looking for you jonathan yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah. And, and it just comes out of nowhere. Just and, whack. And he's fast because he has roller skates. Uh, it's like the it's like the little uh, slugger from uh, Paranoia Ancient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have a very strong feeling. And, like, I don't know if I, like, I know I want to continue it just because it's so freaking good. But, like, I just have a strong feeling that it's, like, it's going to be exploring, like I said, that prediction. It, it's not even a prediction. It's, like, from what I understand, it's, like, They've done the research, and they're like, yeah, this is going to happen. Uh, Japan will not exist within the next thousand years. And uh, I have a feeling that it's going to explore that because, of course, natural disasters don't just happen in one instant. It's going to happen in waves. And I feel like it's going to continue in waves, and it's going to be really depressing. So watch this. <laughs> yeah, I've seen all of it because as soon as it dropped, I love Masaki Yuasa. I love all his work. I benched it in, like, uh, one sitting. Whoa. Whoa, that's all I got to say. I don't want to say anything. I, I Watch it. I love it. And I should say, too, um, it is a prediction, by the way. Don't don't be, you know, too, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm not a... I mean, we're going to be swallowed by the sun eventually. Yeah. That's trillions, billions. That'll be billions of years. This is supposed to happen within the next thousand years, and humans could possibly be still alive i'm not a scientist this is just what from what i've read from this from these literally this like very extensive scientific study like article journal i don't know again just watch this it looks to be very very uh emotional and if you want to get your if you want to if you want to see if you're still human get get you feeling something yeah get your cry on it. And stay tuned for the American adaptation, California Sinks. It's going to suck. No, no. No, we already had that. It's San Andreas. <laughs> yeah, it's 2012. It's uh, it's 2012. It's San Andreas. San Andreas with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You know what? They should have put Dwayne The Rock Johnson in this mo- in this uh, show. Oh, 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 don't want to say spoiler. Oh, my God. No way. Yeah, yeah, way. <laughs> He's the one causing it. Fast and Furious? What? Yep, they go to Mars. Oh my god! I just, I could just imagine the the four of them are just like, hey, what's that car? And then it's like a muscle car with Dwayne the Rock Johnson driving it, of course. And he's like, get in, San Andreas Fault, 2012. We're going back in time. Da 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 da. So, and moving on to our final series of the night, we have Decadence. It released on July the 8th. It is currently streaming on the Hulu, and it's about the afterworld of humanity living in a massive mobile fortress trying to eke out resources in a barren land but also trying to 
the stave off attacks from these mysterious monsters. And it follows a young girl named Natsume as she adjusts to the life inside the massive fortress as an orphan and being dealing with her new assigned position in life. And I will say this is probably one of the most gorgeous series that we've covered, and it's probably my personal favorite, but I'm really interested in what y'all have to say about this one. This, personally, is like uh, what I wanted uh, Darling in the Franks to be. from So far, from what I've seen, which is just episode one, this is really good. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, one thing that's really cool is the giant fortress is powered by the life force of these monsters, which is their blood. And uh, when they fight these monsters, their weapons are uh, giant needles that once they stab into it, all the blood will uh, just spray out the needle. What is that called? You use it to get, like, maple syrup. Tree tapping. It's it's like tree tapping, but uh, living beings. And it's really cool how they do it. Because whenever they go into fights with these monsters... Well, I know, but still, they're... But trees don't hit back. Yeah, they can't fight, man. But they're alive, so get that right, okay? Whatever, nerd. Go read your books. I will. I uh, took biology. Yeah, read your book on that dead tree, you bastard. But whenever they uh, fight the monsters, the monsters, I think it's the monsters, they emit a giant force field that like encapsules a certain uh, area, and everything in that uh, force field is uh, low gravity. So, like, uh, whenever they are fighting them, they are essentially... It reminds me of Attack on Titan flying around in these circles trying to stab them with needles. I was about to say, it kind of reminds me of a mix of Attack on Titan, um, uh, resource exploitation like Darling in the Franks, and um, the way uh, they had this needle weapons, kind of like Cabinary um, the Iron Fortress. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, because like, uh, I don't know, just the, just the way they use... They're more like... Um, Guns, I think needle guns with um with uh Cabaneri, they had like uh, like a nail gun. It was like a nail gun that was like mounted, I want to say, or something. And they like they like it was much more meaty in how they shot the core. Um, but man, yeah, fucking fun. Because um the, the soldiers that combat the monsters are called gears. Gears of war, and they, like like we've been saying that they, they have this mechanism that sort of launches this hollow spear into them, and it causes the, the monster to bleed out, and then they have this. It kind of looks like a cauldron, like a witch's cauldron strapped to the back that sort of draws in the the fluid. And since we're sort of trying to figure out what this means, we don't know if the animal, the monster themselves distort gravity to allow the characters to fly or the the contraption itself allows them. But in any case, there's this zero-gravity fight between the monsters and the the gears. And our main character, Natsume, she was... Uh, a young girl who had aspirations of becoming a gear, but due to an accident and the, sort of the cold open of the show, when a monster attacked her father, who's on the on a archaeological survey, she lost her arm in in the I guess in the ensuing event, and she's sort of been sort of relegated to a position in in the society in the in the fortress because the fortress contains the sole living remains of all the humans left on Earth. So they built this society within this giant, I mean, massive roving fortress. And because they're each children of a certain age, they're now given like a certain position in society. But due to her losing an arm and her mechanical prosthesis, she was deemed unfit for combat. 
And so she's relegated to somehow a safer job as a cleaner of the portrait itself where she's on like a scaffolding on like the swing and scraping off like shit and muck and piss on the side of the, uh, the fortress. Cause literally she's thousands of feet in the air on a little bitty swing. And just like somehow that's keeping her safe from fighting these. And she's monsters. got to do that for five years before she can actually do the armor repair. She's just working on scraping and cleaning yeah. it. Right. For five years. Cleaning. Like, her, her job is armor repair, but rookies have to do that clean for five years. So, like, in five years, she'll be repairing armor, but it'll just be still hanging thousands of feet from the air on the side of the machine, or this huge fortress. Also, uh, anybody read? if anybody's read Mortal Engines or watched the stupid movie, uh, boom, Mortal Engines reference for you. Yeah, I was going to say, this was what... Also, what I'd want uh, Mortal Engines to be like. I've never seen it. I heard it's trash. I've never seen it, never read it, don't care to. (laughs) Sorry for fans. Whoops. Um, But because we're still sort of learning about the setting, I do think it's kind of cool how there is all these these stratified cities within the, the fortress, and there's just the rivers of the monster blood that sort of run through the sea that sort of power everything. And it, it's really sort of cool how the whole thing is just like one big moving. It's it's like an organism into itself. And the, the other mystery of the series is like the gears, the soldiers, how they're in a way not human themselves because the soldiers we do see, they all have inhuman coloration on their skin and like slightly inhuman features. So there's definitely more going on. Like somehow do exposure to the monsters they become more monsters themselves that's something to be explained but i did think that was an interesting touch yeah they they even uh natsume even calls them uh or she even says she she wished she would have been born into a warrior race so like you know that's uh that's interesting in itself too um because it, i i i want to say the people they the people living in the city are called tankers and they say only a very small portion of the civilians in the city can graduate to become uh, soldiers, so they so the um, the soldiers itself may be entirely in a different, separate group of people from the people living inside. But over the course of the episode, the girl gradually becomes more accustomed to her job. She tries to warm up to her standoffish boss, but he's he's not really having it. And then in in her effort to sort of engender a sort of relationship, she finds his lost water bottle, returns it to him. But he seems to be holding the secret himself. He seems to be much more aware of the monsters than he's letting on because he seems to be holding one of the monsters as a pet in his, I guess, cubbyhole, his his little box he lives in, which might be one of the cutest uh, little monster mascots I've seen Hell in yeah. a while. Definitely a contender for best dog yeah, it's of a anime puppy. in 2020. It's, oh, my God, it's so fucking cute. <laughs> and, like, and... uh when he's in there eating dinner with her, he's like, all right, be good. And then he locks the door. And, um, you know, of course, like any pet, like a dog, uh, he gets, uh, anxious, uh, cause he wants to see, he wants to see what's going on, you know? Um, so he opens the door <laughs> somehow, uh, and, uh, the girl doesn't notice, and he's like, ah, oh, man, <laughs> it's such a good, like, <laughs> I don't know, it's a good bit, because, like, he's, like, he sees he sees the creature, the creature sees him, and he's like, 
what are you doing? <laughs> and then he immediately says, you have to leave. It's time for you to go. Good night. And um, she accidentally like drops a bottle or something, and it, sca- it literally like scares him like a goat. <laughs> like a goat. When it gets scared, it just falls over. The same thing happens with this creature. It falls over. <laughs> and she's like, ah, what's that? And she attempts to stab this little guy. <laughs> She just grabs a knife immediately and tries to kill him. Uh, He's not having it, so he grabs her scorpion uh, tail ponytail and just, like, knocks her on the floor. And and she gets used to him. She's like, you got to give him a name. So uh, what is his name, boys? I can't remember. Pipes. Oh, you don't remember Colt, the best character. I watched it a few days ago. Pipe. Best name ever, Pipe. Cole, you're, you're you're the dog connoisseur, and you're just blanking on this little monster dog, this little monster puppy with this little, like, steam pipe. We're going to have to take points off you, boy. Sorry. No. Too late. But, um, yeah, whenever he's happy, he lets out a little smoke. He has a little um, blowhole like a whale. It's really cool. Really cute. Love him. And this, and sort of, like, as she's trying to get her feel for her boss and just sort of warm up to him, that's when we're sort of hit with the drama for the episode when we're – made privy to there's a there's a wave of these monsters heading toward the city and uh, and behind them is a large scale like kaiju size monster sort of i guess as the leader of the pack he's sort of ushering all the little ones forward and so the city goes into lockdown like it it uh it puts its heels in it and then starts to transform the city into like a battle station essentially so it it launches out its prowl to anchor the city, and then the, as you see that the canopy of this of the city start to open up and reform, it re- they release their gears, release their soldiers to to fight the um to fight the monsters, and then in the ensuing uh, fracas, uh, Natsume and her coworkers uh, are thrown for the position, start plummeting at the ground. But luckily, her boss, who's apparently used to be a gear, so he snags some some uh, equipment and he starts zipping around saving folks and starts killing the monster just like stabbing them ahead and sucking their blood and then all the while the city is reforming so it can take on the head honcho monster and which is probably one of the the, the coolest scenes in the show is that essentially you have this giant whale-like monster with spiral shells in the back slowly lumbering toward the monster I mean, toward the city they launch their harpoons on the big monster to drain its blood, and you see the the blood like cascade in like waterfalls to fill the the latrines and the trenches of the city, and they start uh, charging up to what looks like a cannon, and it, but essentially it gets it charges up and it fires this uh, massive stream of turbine energy out the back of the of the ma- machine that's on top of the city. It launches this huge fish-shaped battering ram into the monster's chest and just, like, one hit flips this bitch, big as it is, into the air. And it's like, whoa. This is like, it's a, a no- you really get the sense of scale and just the sheer enormity what's a, what's happening. It's, like, amazing. Like, this fist, like, you think, like, ah, oh, this won't do much. No, like, I, it's like one of those delayed kind of anime attacks where it punches it and then it just explodes, essentially. Like, parts of its body just explode. Um, it one-punch manned him, essentially. Essentially, yeah. Which, um, I, I we can't even explain how awesome it was, the boss, Kaburagi, uh, zipping and zooming, killing fucking Gadols. That's the name of the monsters. Just 
oh my god, it was so fucking sick. Uh, and, and Natsumi was just, he, he takes her and clips her to his belt and is just going along for the ride. Um, and like, you know, at times, like, you know, this, uh, at times it's, it kind of, it can kind of seem silly, but like with a girl losing her arm and then even like, you know, her losing her dad. And there's even a scene in there where the reason why they all fall actually is because another, another one of the workers, Fennel, um, his his machine doesn't work for him to pull him back up, so he attempts to jump on one of his friends. Uh, that doesn't work, so they attempt to jump on a piece of metal. That they bring that down, and uh, in that moment, uh, it almost kills Natsumi and Kaburagi, But then they jump, and that's how they fall off. Um, but something also this like there's already a ton of mystery in this show. There was also another mystery where Kaburagi has like a second job essentially. He go he ha- he um. He has like some kind of like chip implanted in his uh I I guess brain or like eye so it's where he's notified of uh quote bugs unquote in the city and he has to go essentially extract them secret agent shit man so there's definitely some there's some shadowy fingers like strewn across the city because not only you have this outward threat of these giant monsters and just sort of keeping advancing in a very desolate world. You also have this threat from within, perhaps, that, like, even though this is the end of the world, there's still people in power trying to fuck shit up and make life harder for everyone else. So, I think this, this like I said earlier, this is probably my favorite of the ones I was able to see. It's the one I, I got, got me the most hype, got me the most intrigued. Uh, this has my number one recommendation. Uh, what the, it was like, like, Final say, what do y'all think of Decadence? Is this a recommendation? Well, I think it has a lot of potential just from this first episode. I definitely want to keep watching. Uh, it has a... It, it reminds me of so many Trigger animations. I don't know what it is. It's nothing to do with Trigger. I don't know what happened there. But, man, it looks real good. It looks... Uh, yeah, it looks real good. Um it, it uh, whew, I can't re- I can't recommend it enough. I remember uh, I think a follow art artist who might have worked on some designs or, or maybe this artist was just doing fan art. But like, it was hyped up so much and, yeah, I think uh, I think it was uh, worth the hype. I I'm excited to see more. Yeah, I'm pretty much on the, the same boat. Out of the ones I saw, this was probably my least favorite. But that, I mean, all of these were good. That's not like an indictment of this show. So. But that, but that leads me to my point. I said this was my favorite. I want to hear from y'all what would be your rank, your ratings for this. Like from favorite to least favorite. Of course, all these being good. But what would be your number one recommendation? You know, order them as you would recommend them. Uh, Johnson, you go ahead. Uh, like I said, probably last place would be Decadence. Then uh, God of High School and Japan Sinks at number one. I'm going to only go off the first episode, so I'm not going to include the rest of Japan Sinks. Uh, the last place probably be God of High School. Third place would be Japan Sinks. Uh, second would be Decadence. And number one would be Great Pretender. I just, I'm all about that funky, fresh music, baby. Hell yeah. Um, For me, uh, last place would be uh, the God of High School. Third place would be the Great Pretender. Second place would be Japan Sinks, and first place would be Decadence. I I, I really enjoy Decadence. <laughs> like like I can't I can't explain it. And like with that just that one fight scene of 
of uh, the boss just jumping around and killing these motherfuckers. Just bam, 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 man. Ooh. I, I do think this is probably, like, across the board, our most consistent in term of recommendations. I think, like... I think this is our best uh, season of anime that we've gotten to cover. For sure. Because, like, literally every single one we have a, a very strong recommendation for, and I feel like you can't go wrong with any of the four that we mentioned today. Of course, summer anime, the, the pickings are a little small, but there's still, there's still plenty good to hear to check out. And, um... I think all, all these are well worth your time. So uh, thank you all for listening today for our, our summer anime review. Tune in uh, for our next, we'll have our fall anime when that happens, and we'll be excited to cover that as well. But uh, once again, uh, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, at AYSJ's Podcast, and follow us on Letterboxd and Facebook at All You Can Hear. Follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash All You Can Hear, and follow us on YouTube as well at All You Can Hear. You can follow me, Patrick, on at John Lost His Name on Twitter and Instagram, and my art on Facebook at John Lost His Name Art. Uh, my name is Jonathan. You can follow me on Twitter at J O N I I B O I 24 and John Odinson 12 on Letterboxd. Uh, my name is Colt. Follow me on Twitter at Colt D00. Uh, have, a, have a good one. And watch these shows. Enjoy yourself. Treat yourself. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Winslow. You can follow me on Twitter at Winslow Booking. You can follow my art Instagram at World of Winsley. Yeah, watch these fucking shows. Uh, if they're <laughs> if you can somehow if you can just wait, you know, getting some all of them out. Watch them. There's a these are good. Stay inside. Black Lives Matter. 100. percent Enjoy enjoy anime and support all the people that are still trying to make their voices heard in this country. So you can do both. Enjoy yourself, stay indoors, and support those that need your help. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, Take care of yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good day. Bye-bye.